my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, what are we going to review this week? Well, Dave, this was actually your pick, my friend. So you haven't gone down the route of a Lou Ferrigno martial arts movie. (laughs) You have picked a movie that was very popular at the late 80s. This is starring Michael Caine and Steve Martin. It's from 1988 and it's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So, Dave, do you remember the first time you saw this? I, I can't necessarily remember the very first time, to be honest, but I do remember it was one that uh, my mum and dad hired out from the video shop. This must have been about, it came out on the cinemas 88, so it must have been about 89, 90, and I, I watched it. I was a massive fan of Steve Martin around this time. Michael Caine, not so much. Um, knew him from more serious things, you know, and he he's, he was a bit of a national treasure even back then, wasn't he? You know, doing things like Alfie and what have you. But I, Steve Martin, I, I tried to watch everything that he produced, and uh, when I watched it, the f- the first few times, say, I remember thinking, yeah, this is quite funny. This is moderately funny. But it was one of those things, it was one of those movies that just rewards rewatches. And I just remember watching it more and more on the old video and I, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was hilarious and yeah, it's one of the favourites of mine. It's not the best comedy that's ever been released but definitely I did have a, a soft spot in my heart for this one. How about yourself, Chris? I remember watching this, Dave. I think I watched it a couple of years after it came out. So I think we're talking early 90s. I remember watching my nana and granddad. My dad and that, not into Steve Martin at all. Planes, Trains and Automobiles, as you know, one of my all-time favourite movies. I absolutely love it. We've reviewed it. Great, great movie. Steve Martin was brilliant in that. I remember The Man With Two Brains because there was... Mm. You had uh, the rather sexy blonde that he created and also... I used to love a Catherine... God, she was in there, Romance in the Stone. Catherine... Uh, she was Chandler's mum as well, wasn't she, in yes. Friends? <laughs> dad, dad, depending on which Oh, sorry. Well, well, no, no, the, the mum. The mum, yeah. The, um, Previously the dad. Previously the dad. Um, oh, God. Catherine... Anyway, she's, I always had a big thing for her. So so I remember uh, watching that, Steve Martin, yeah, he was funny in, in playing Chase and Automobiles. And enjoying this, I, I, I think I said to you before we were recording... The other week, I said, I think I've watched this a couple of times. I haven't. I think I've only seen it once. And what's interesting is, I think you've seen it as well, The Hustle is on Netflix with Rebel mm. Wilson and Anne Hathaway. And that is the remake of this. But this was also, Dirty Ron Scoundrels was a remake of the Marlon Brando David Niven film from 64, Bedtime Story. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah. a bit like that Star is Born one where, it, where it's three or four remakes, like 20, 30 years apart. So thoroughly enjoyed it. It was an, always an iconic VHS cover. You always went to the video shop. It was always there. One, and I think it was one of the ones, once you've seen it once, I'd never seen it again. And I've seen it on TV in the UK loads of times, but 
maybe caught a couple of minutes of it, but never. this is probably the second time I've actually sat down and watched it. So I was quite interested in this one. And what an interesting pick for you, Dave, as well. Yeah. And what did you say you thought her name was? The, the lady from Catherine, uh, Mama um, Two Brains. Kathleen Turner, it was. Kathleen Turner. That's <laughs> terrible. People listening are like, Chris, you dick. No, Dave had a big thing I Kathleen couldn't remember Turner either. And, you know, we'll have to go back to Romance in the Stone because that was awesome at the time as Great well, film. wasn't it? Yeah, Great film, yeah. yeah. I love them. Love them. Michael films. Douglas but, at his peak there. Yeah, and also Catherine, uh, Kathleen Turner, um, there was a couple, as a young kid, Dave, for obvious oh. reasons, a man with two brains, there was a, there was, there was a section where she was ra- it was rather cold in the room. That has L- little A little bit of a stirring, was there? Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. I used to have to get anywhere to good, Dave, come on. So <laughs> I always had a thing for her, Goldie Horn. Absolutely, Goldie Horn, I loved her. Oh, amazing woman. But there you yeah, go. Well, I thought watched something like Birdcage or something like that with Goldie yes. Horn. Crazy. Awesome. Now, Chris, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. Steve Martin and Michael Caine are competitors in the Riviera's most profitable business, but with very different styles. Do you have any idea what it feels like to take a woman for 20 bucks? No, I haven't. I'm afraid it's a little out of my class. Can two con men survive in a town really made for one? Really? We find a woman set a price and the first man to extract the correct amount from her wins wish me luck let the contest begin if i lose i'll leave if i win you leave to prove once and for all who is the dirtiest the rottenest <laughs> the sleaziest the sneakiest the phoniest thank you your highness the trickiest don't you ever have an emotion that originates above the waist no the all-time champion of dirty rotten scouts surely he was no match for you i'm younger than you better looking than you thinner than you know your limitations you are immoral steve martin is the man no woman can resist eat your food excuse me may i go to the bathroom first of course you may Thank you. And Michael Caine is... Lawrence Jameson. Chips Auto. Doctor. Emil Schaffhausen. And they're both dirty, rotten scoundrels. Do you want the whole world to know? Dirty, rotten scoundrels. You mustn't turn your back on them for a second. Lawrence Jameson is an intelligent and sophisticated British con artist operating in the French Riviera. With the help of manservant Arthur and police officer Andre, he seduces wealthy women and steals their money. His only concern is another con artist known as the Jackal reported in the area. Now, Chris, what do you reckon to the opening of this movie? Well, Dave, it starts off exactly... Pure 80s, just nonsense. Like I say, Steve Martin is who he is. <laughs> I, th- I think I think what well, I've read all this, and what I've got to say to everyone as well, I've got to tell you this, but what's really interesting is 
I always say, well, the Amazon app, because this is on Amazon Prime Video, guys. So if you've got Amazon Prime Video, it's there front and center. And going off mine and Dave's fucking, you know, the way we are at times, this, this will probably end up getting taken off because as soon as we review it, we seem to get to death. <laughs> and it ends up fucking getting booted. But no, what what I would say is there's a, there's a thing on Amazon. So every time you're watching a movie, you get to a scene, it comes up with bits of trivia and stuff, which is brilliant. Mm, but have you seen yep. that? There's a watch party thing now on movies on Amazon Prime. I tried it. It, the problem that? is, if you do it, everyone else has got to have watch Prime. Uh, has got to have Prime as well, and it takes so. up a lot of real estate on the right hand side ah, of the screen. Right. So if you're trying right, to I'm broadcast sure. it on Discord, it looks a bit shit. So you've ah, either right, got to okay. do Discord or you've got to do Amazon. I think right. Blake was helping me uh, sort of check it out. Ah, right. Cool. It's all right. I just seen it today when I was watching, you know, I've seen it come up on loads of basically everything on Prime, but that's a good thing for friends anyway. That's for someone else. But no, you come up with these different stats, Dave, and, and I messaged you and I was like, this is literally one of the first stats that comes up on Amazon. was like, the two people this movie was made for wasn't Steve Martin and Michael Caine. It was made for David Bowie and Mick Jagger after their Dancing in the Street video. <laughs> and it was a remake of Bedtime Story. It was supposed to be a vehicle for them too because people said they had such good chemistry on screen. And they were a bit pissed off because it was some Martin Scorsese film, which I don't remember, but they ended up not doing it. So I couldn't have even imagined them two playing these parts, David. It would have been awful. I mean, Mick Jagger's singing voice is debatable, and I say that because I'm not the best singer, but <laughs> my God, imagine he's, whether he was going to be um, Freddie, I don't know, or Lawrence. It wouldn't have worked. But, but no, you're right. He starts off. I've got to say, Dave, I'm going to start with a negative. I do think Steve Martin was pissing me off at the start of this movie because a lot of the scenes are ad-libbed. Him and Michael Caine mm, ad-libbed a lot. Yeah. And a lot of the stuff he did, especially when he's trying to name Michael Caine when he gets arrested and stuff, that's all ad-libbed. Apparently, the guy who was in that TV show, Andre, you know, he's Anton Rogers, he was in that one from when we were kids, wasn't he? Um, with that woman with the ginger. I used to watch me Nana Grand. I used to watch, I can't remember. Come out like at late 80s after this. Mm. And he got whacked on the bottom of his leg by the director when, when he thought that Steve Martin, Frank Oz had basically said to him, I'm going to hit you on the leg when I think his improvisation has gone in the in the, the jail scene. And there's little things like that. And, and I, I get it. It was his humour. But I didn't find any of it funny, Dave. I really didn't. I, might, I mean, they de-aged Michael Caine because he was 15 years or 13 years older than Steve Martin. They were trying to make him look to the same age. But Steve Martin's got like, pumps on and stuff like trainers they're trying to make him look even younger it was really <laughs> bizarre the costumes on them i ate michael kane and dyeing his hair because he was 55 then but i don't know there was just some off at the start and steve martin really did get on my fucking tits if i'm being honest <laughs> well steve martin is one of those unfortunate blokes that just always looked quite old i mean yes. he, the way he's playing the character I don't know which one would be which. Which would be Mick Jagger and which would be David Bowie? (laughs) (laughs) But but Steve Martin looks like he's about 60. I think he was only (laughs) 40-something when this was shot, wasn't he? 42, yeah. Just unfortunate with having that silver-white hair. (laughs) It just makes him look a a little bit older. But... um, I think it's a decent setup. I think the they're setting up Michael Caine's character Lawrence, you know, as being this higher class 
con artist and then you get Steve Martin he's just trying to get a free lunch out of a woman you know nothing really more than that just all fairly low level stuff but he's talking about his grandmother and what have you I, I thought he was good but like I say what I said before is it rewards you for rewatches. Whereas you've like watched this film twice now, haven't you? Many decades apart. And so I, I just think if you'd watched it more and more, it, it would start to be funnier. I know that's not really a, 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 a going to convince you. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I thought, I mean, there's not a lot that happens at the beginning that Steve Martin's funny with. I, I think it's just setting up his character. And I like to think yeah. maybe that maybe that'll be David Bowie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that pretty good, that day. <laughs> maybe it would be him who would be that uh, kind of role. But uh, I, I did like that. The fact that Lawrence though is kind of operating in this French Riviera. Riviera. One of the things watching it this time, I was just thinking, well, there's a, there's a limited amount of time that you can do that isn't there? Because all these women he's conning money out of. I guess he's targeting people who are, are there on holiday or something, you know. But surely, you know, after you've conned about three women, you, you're going to run into trouble with, you know, different women coming back and what have you. Yeah, and, and I must admit, one of the things, if it had been now, I wouldn't have questioned it, but one of the things when... Freddie gets sits there with Lawrence. So Lawrence, they say, he's seen this bit. They set up with this woman, and she gives him, give him whatever he wants, and he orders all this ridiculous stuff off the menu because he already knows what food's there. That was quite funny. It was the next scene where they're in the cabin together, and he's talking about, you know, when you get twenty dollars off a woman, and, all, and then this beautiful woman turns up. He's trying to say about where he should go. Lawrence is like, oh no, no, they're all retired thingy. He needs to go to Italy. Yeah. Go to. He's basically knocking him off the scent, and this beautiful woman appears. And Lawrence gets off and lets him go, Steve Martin's character, go, Freddie, go with this girl. And then he talks to the inspector. Now, I would yeah. never have questioned this and said, well, he's got a mobile phone, he's rang him. Where did he ring this guy from to set this girl up? Good question. It, it yeah. might have been one of those 80s mobile phones, you know, the massive ones. Maybe he was carrying <laughs> it in a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Turning the telly over, yeah, maybe. But that's the only thing that's straight. I'm like, cause obviously, the trains do stop, so maybe off screen it's supposed to be the train stops. And, it, and I was thinking about it far too much, but I was like, that didn't work in 1988, Chris. But however, it does, it sends him off, but then ultimately he comes back. And this is where we get the arrest thing, don't we? Because he tells, he basically, the one bit is quite funny. Steve Martin's ripped that woman off, another woman. She got yeah. Ferrari. And then he's on the beach having all these pictures took in his fucking budgie yeah. smugglers. And then but from up to that point, I was invested. And then when the improvisation came in and we got some of the bits later, I was just getting annoyed. However, I do think the movie's good, Dave. I think I, think I like movies like this because the payoff, there's a great payoff in it as well. And there's yeah. a little twist that you don't see coming. So I think it all works. I think Michael Caine, and look, at the end of the day, Dave, we've got to say this. I've not seen Ian McDermott in any other films but he is the emperor <laughs> yeah, and he does look young in this he looks young in this to be fair you know when you always think 
There's no when he was in like the later the newest Star Wars. And this is, stuff, this like, is oh, after obviously after, you know yeah, Return yeah. of the Jedi and stuff, yeah, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's just like, and he doesn't look that old. I mean, he's actually the same age as Steve Martin. He was born forty-four. And Steve Martin was born forty-five. So he's only yeah, a year. Yeah. He's actually a year younger than Steve Martin. He would have been forty-one. This was on Dave, which is ridiculous. And there's a little bit of trivia. His character Arthur was supposed to be some knock for the, you know, Arthur on the Rocks with Dudley. Oh, Moore. yeah, yeah, The yeah. sequel was out that year. It was so much to do with him and his butler. That was the character. So, like a bit of a, a nod to the movies because the sequel's about to come out. But but yeah, he's there. And I'm like, oh, my God, it is. It's the Emperor. And he doesn't do a lot. He, just, he sort of does the Michael Caine Alfred role, doesn't he? I suppose, he does. He is Alfred, basically, isn't he? Yeah, Alfred. But it's just a very pleasant movie. There's just, like I say, I, I, I found... When Michael Ke- when Lawrence takes Freddy under his wing and tries mm. to make him into a you know a, like sophisticated and not this sort of Jack the Lad brash American, there's a couple of funny bits, but it's just when he's got to improvise and then they're trying to rip that woman off. Obviously, the the, the jackal who you think all the way through the I spoiler can, alert. Yeah, I keep thinking. <laughs> so no, I keep thinking he's Freddy. Yeah, I keep thinking he's Freddy. All well, the way through because I, I think Lawrence thinks Freddy is the jackal, doesn't he? Yes, and that's one yeah. of the reasons you know he's trying to keep him close and then they come to this arrangement after you know he's bailed him out of prison and whatever and and, and then freddie comes back he realizes hang about i'm onto a good thing here oh it's when actually when um he meets the woman so freddie goes on the airplane so Lawrence had bailed him out, and then he's on the aeroplane. Then he meets one of the women who Lawrence had conned earlier, and she's like thinking that he's one of uh, Lawrence's subjects. <laughs> so, yeah. so Freddie realizes, oh right, it's a massive con, and then heads back, and you know he basically blackmails him into uh, you know sharing the Riviera. And then they come to this arrangement where he's going to tutor him. Chris, This it, it's been watchable up to this point. Where it takes a turn, I think, and, and just gets better and better, is when we introduce Ruprecht. And basically, Freddy becomes... is uh, Lawrence's more simple, younger brother kind of thing. And so he becomes part of the ruse then. He's trying to... These women are basically uh, throwing, you know, proposals of marriage and stuff at Lawrence. And he's like, right, yeah, just let's let's introduce uh, you to my brother, Ruprecht. And then he, he goes downstairs into this basic, like, dungeon. <laughs> he's hammering away on his pots and pans and stuff. Chris, I am pretty sure you would not be able to get away with this today. And uh, probably I'm a terrible person for laughing at it, but honestly, I just think it's hilarious. You know what? I didn't find any of that funny. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It's so bizarre. Really? I, yeah, I, I, he sat there at the table eating all that shit and everything, and he had his hair flattened and all this, and I'm just like, I don't get it. And it's weird that you liked it. Oh. I'm you can't like it. I didn't like <laughs> any of it. I thought that's where that's where I found it really toe-curling for me. My, my comedy, obviously, we all like different forms of comedy, but... I was, I mean, look, Dave, you're talking to the man who last night had a fucking rant at Netflix because the quality of fucking rom-coms are shit now. The, the new ones have gone. Because, you know, unfortunately, I've had COVID first time. Me, Sam and Jordan have had it 
from somebody just after Christmas. So we've been isolating for 10 days, literally, and we've been watching any movie we can get. And I've gone through a rabbit hole of watching these brand new sort of Netflix movies going on like Rotten Tomatoes, IMD, we check him. And I had a proper rant last night. I mean, nobody even fucking likes it. People were like, oh my God, what is this? But I was like, fucking, it shows that quantity does not master quality. Some of the movies, Dave, are fucking awful. So who am I to... <laughs> you know, I love a rom-com. They were they're terrible. Some of them are just awful. One of them was like a remake of Ghost as such, and it was probably oh, really? done on a... Oh, it was done on a... And it was called um, The Afterlife Party, and it's just like Ghost, really. But the, the end of it's okay. The last 10, 15 minutes, but mm. oh my God, you have got to go through some terrible acting to get to the payoff <laughs> at the end. It's fucking terrible. But anyway, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who am I to question you? I've gone off on well, a tangent there, but... To be honest, I think it... It is juvenile, right? The, the the comedy in it is juvenile. And, you know, you get Ruprecht and he's trying to, you know, he's being introduced to Lawrence's new girlfriend and he's basically trying to mount her. And, and Michael Caine's like, Ruprecht, do you want the genital cuff? <laughs> he's being all really calm and stuff. And the women are just getting more and more put off. They just can't deal with, uh, you know, this Ruprecht being in their life as well. And when they're at the table and he's spitting out his applesauce and what have you, and he's got a, fork, uh, he's got a cork on his fork. And, and just the, <laughs> the way he's like got a little eye patch. And then tries to shove his fork in his eye patch, and just the way Martin reacts to it, I just think physically it's just a great bit of comedy, and um, you know he, he does have a little bit of a temper on him because again when Lawrence says, "Oh, you know we're we're going to be married," and he's like, "Excuse me, may I go to the bathroom?" Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You delivered it better it. than him. I just <laughs> love it. <laughs> no, I don't know if it was that number one or number two, but I, I just thought it was perfectly delivered, and it just gets me every time. I think it's great. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny because when I saw, and obviously we, we get this Janet character then, don't we? And you've got Andre, the inspector, Inspector Andre, saying the jackal this, the jackal that. And like you say, I'd forgot. So there's a great payoff, as we, you know, a little slight spoiler to it. But I think when when he's they go into some of these functions and then he plays, you know, they go to the casino and then Freddie turns up in the wheelchair. And I remembered then, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And this goes on for over half an hour, Freddie in a wheelchair. And I'm just... I was getting so annoyed at Steve Martin. Really? I'm just like, oh, oh they come on, really? It's so no, good. it just, it just <laughs> pissed me right off. I was just like, but at the, even at when the he... start of it, like, you know, again, he's they they they're basically making this bet, aren't they? So yeah. who can con her out of her money? And then he rocks up there in his military uniform in a wheelchair and he, he gives this whole sob story about how he saw his wife dancing, um, you know, and he's not been able to walk since. And he makes up this Dr. Sheffhausen. And then, you know, Michael Caine turns up as Dr. Sheffhausen. And I, I just think it's fantastic. That initial uh, scene in the hotel room, where he's like, can you feel this? And gives his legs a little rap. You know? Oh, that was funny, actually. When he's eating him, yeah. When he, when he fucking runs up and absolutely 
nails his fucking legs and he starts crying, doesn't he? He's got like tears <laughs> on his face. Now that was funny. That's what I'm saying. There was some good bits in it, but when I felt when Steve Martin was doing his I'm a great improvisation comedian, you know, I can improv, mm. that's when I had a problem with it because I didn't find that funny. But you're right, when Michael King's uh, doing a fucking <laughs> full-on 20-foot sprint and then just cracked him across his <laughs> knees. Oh, my God. It's his reaction as well. He's, he's like, can you feel that? And he, he's just like, his face is grimaced and he's like, nope, nope, can't feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even, like someone touching even, my toes. Even before that, where he's like, tickle, tickle, tickle. That one, he's Dave, that's what I'm saying. Face. Sorry to cut across it. I cannot have anyone touching my toes like yeah, a spider yeah, yeah. in our room the other night. And it was a big fucking spider, but it was oh on the God. ceiling. And we just come upstairs. And Sam and Jordan don't like spiders. And they were like, and usually I'll just pick them up in my hand and just throw them out a window or whatever. You know, I, can, I have no problem with stuff like that. I'm always getting the wasps, bees, whatever. And it's always me. And it was above my wardrobe. So me and Sam have got these oh. big double fucking wardrobes that are taller than me. And it's there and I'm like, I've got to go and get my fucking ladders to pick this up. And I've got to get a pint pot because <laughs> I can't put my hand on it because I can't get to it physically. It was that far away. Oh, and they were like, they're like, we got to go and get it. Sam's like, I can't sleep. I'm like, you're fucking taking the piss. We've just got it. It'll be fine. Just leave it. What happens if it goes in my mouth? I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So... Jordan went, if you don't do it, I'm going to tickle your feet. Dave, I hate someone. To, and Jordan fucking dived on the bed. And I'm, I'm like putting my knees underneath, like my arse cheeks in the quilt, trying to wrap me quick. I went, right, I'm getting the fucking ladders there. They had to go get the ladders to get it. For. As soon as he did it, I was like, oh my God. Because I hate someone touching my toe, fucking feet. I hate them. Yeah, and again, it's just, it's brilliant being on the inside of the ruse. And, you know, you, you're thinking... The 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 dedication to the scam, you know, from Steve Martin to allow someone to just tickle his feet like that and then, you know, wrap his uh have his legs wrapped with this bloody wire thing. <laughs> but um the bit that I'd forgotten about St- uh, Steve, um the bit that I'd forgotten about, Chris, <laughs> is when you know, again uh, Dr. Schaffhausen has agreed to take the case and, and obviously again they're, they're trying to play this girl off and then he's trying to give him a bit of tough love isn't he so he's going to the uh, to the disco or, or the dance if you like and then he keeps going over to Freddy and he's like no come on you want to get her up and just dance <laughs> it's when the camera shows the sailors behind Steve Martin in the wheelchair and they're yeah. like what's wrong with that prick? <laughs> I'd forgotten yeah. about this bit. And I was like, oh, it looks so bad, doesn't it? And he keeps coming over dancing. He's like, come on, you want to dance? Come on. <laughs> you're just thinking, <laughs> if you're them sailors, you're thinking, what an absolute prick, you know? And I just thought it was brilliant the way he gets set up there. Yeah, and I, th- I think as well, like the whole premise of getting him back on his feet and Janet's there, isn't she? And, and obviously he's saying he's a doctor. Michael Caine... You know, he's not as bad as Sean Connery, but his his accents are not amazing. But they are passable <laughs> as a German fucking doctor, whatever he's supposed to be. Yeah. And, and you know, we'll talk about his Australian accent later, Dave. But, <laughs> but Chips O'Toole, get out! Hey, Cobb, if you want to neighbours, it reminded me when I tried doing Aussie accent. To be honest, <laughs> you know, Dave. Well, well, you know what? It's funny because. 
We always talk, don't we, about Marlon Brando. The, the comics in motion, first two episodes ever yeah, yeah. was about Mar- Brando. We always talk about it. We saw about the other week, someone phoning it in. The only reason Michael Caine accepted this job, Dave, was the fact that Frank Oz, the director, said to him, I'm going to put you up. If you do this this job, this film, I'm going to put you up in a, a mansion for three months in the south of France. Yeah, yeah. And then he realised Roger Moore was next door to him and some play, uh, some um, musician, some like classical music, who were great friends of his. So he went, oh, I'll do it then. But it was only because Roger Moore was there, really, that he decided to yeah. do the movie, which is brilliant. So, I, saw, I saw the interview where he was saying that. I was just like, oh, that's the fucking life, isn't it? <laughs> fucking brilliant, isn't it? You've got, you've got a... That's not a brand, though. That is just playing the cards that you dealt. That's brilliant for me. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. But I'm with you. So so these these bits of this that are quite funny. And obviously when the bit when Freddie goes down the steps, because obviously Lawrence is getting in there with Janet and he ends up like, oh my God. And he's gone down about 300 steps. <laughs> yeah, and ends up yeah. on the beach with his legs and he can't move. And she comes and kisses him and stuff. And we've got the whole playoff, haven't we? The whole thing. And, and, I did like the bit where he started walking again and Janet's like, and he's like, no, no, get back there. You know, and she stands up and everything and he runs on the bed and we think off camera that they basically slept together, but little do we know, Dave. Yeah, so so this is where it takes a turn, but I'll come back to that bit in a second. I just want to say as well with the sailors, what I love is the back and forth. Like these are two equally matched con artists, aren't they? They just operate yes. in slightly different circles, and then you think Freddie has got the got one over on Lawrence. You know he's managed to get the sailors to, you know, basically Shanghai him and take him off <laughs> on the boat. But then Lawrence is—he uh, happens to be part of the naval reserve, and so he's convinced these lads. You know, it's it's a bit of a ruse, and he just gets Freddie to turn up at this hotel room. And the doors open up, and you've got all these sailors. Freddie's fucking stood there. The sailors are like, "Ah, oh, see, he can walk, just like he, you know." Lawrence said, and so um, you know, I thought that was brilliant again because y- you think Freddie's got one over on Lawrence, and then Lawrence has got one over on Freddie, and then you're like, "Oh no, Freddie's got it back again." I, I just love that whole back and forth, and and the the one upmanship they have on each other. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I like what you just said there. That's a good point about working in different circles. It's still they're confidence men, aren't they? At the end of the day, yeah. no matter whether Freddie's trying to earn hundred dollars and get a free holiday for a week, you know, Lawrence is trying to get the best like art stuff. He's got this mansion. He's got a butler. He's moving in a circle where he is earning the big bucks and stuff. And I think when the, when we do get the thing where Lawrence he. Freddie thinks he set Lawrence up because the sailors grab him. Then there's the whole switch again, and then he sets the, the sailors up with Freddie, don't you know? And yeah. at first I was thinking, this is a bit strange. He's just given Freddie, and there's about 10 guys in a, in a room. What the fuck's going on here? You know, I thought this is taking a proper <laughs> Pulp Fiction a, fucking turn. But it, stick him in the barrel. <laughs> yeah, get out fucking Zeb, the gimp. But, uh, yeah. but no, it's... It, it, they all have a great night, and Freddie's like the life of the party. And I've got to say, Dave, the last 15 minutes I did enjoy. I think it's a great payoff now. I think because you've seen it the first time, it came back to me just before it happened. What actually mm. but in the movie, I was watching it all the time, forgetting. Like, we I talked about me and Sam watched last Christmas a few episodes ago, and we've 
Amelia Clark. Great movie. We went to cinema to watch it. And because I'd only seen it once and we were watching it again, I'd forgotten all about the main twist of the movie. I knew it, but there's another twist in the movie. And I was like, oh, shit, mm. I forgot about that. And so with this, obviously, it's been a long time. It's been 30 years. I love the fact that I was pretty much oblivious to how it was going to play until pretty much right yeah. at the death. So I think it ends really well. And I've got to say, I was pissing myself at the accent. We'll get onto that in a minute. But, yeah. but basically, when, when they realise that they've been ripped off, don't they? Get, you know, Lauren sends Janet on his away, and he's like, With "Here's the money, he's grand. You fifty yeah, grand, yeah, blah yeah. blah blah." And then Freddie's there in his pajamas. I mean, Dave, the police have got fucking hello hello levels of fucking <laughs> pursuit cars. That car is tiny. I know it's in front, but it's tiny. There's about five people in the back of it when they get to the airport. <laughs> no, it's brilliant. But I, I again, I just love the old switcheroo. The fact that. They've thought that they've been conning this girl and, and Lawrence ends up feeling sorry for her, you know, but that's the whole ruse and she ends up being the jackal. I, I just think that was absolutely fantastic the way it played out there. And then they're kind of feeling sorry for themselves, licking their wounds, aren't they? And then the next minute she bloody turns up with this boatload of tourists, uh, rich tourists at that. And then I love that moment where she's, you know, making out. She's got like a, a kind of New York or Boston accent, I think. And, and she's really laying it on thick and talking about, you know, buying property in Australia. And for a minute, you, you're just not sure. Are they going to go along with it or not? And that's when Michael Caine comes out with his Aussie accent. And he's like, hey, it's Chips O'Toole here. G'day, mate. And I just <laughs> thought it was fantastic. And, and then I love the bit where, I mean, Steve Martin's not known for his accents, is, is he? And uh, she says like, oh, yeah, his trusty sidekick or whatever. But unfortunately, he's a mute. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was great. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what, though? We always talk, don't we? So when we were kids, we all watched, you know, Neighbours, Home and Away. They were a massive, I still watch them, Australian soaps that have been going for 35 years since we were kids. Kylie Minogue was born from there, Jason Donovan, you know, even Russell Crowe, Chris Hemsworth, they all came from Home and Away or Neighbours. Guy Pearce, especially. Gal Gadot, uh, not Gal Gadot, Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie, yeah, got a Shouldn't forget her day. There's another blonde girl who <laughs> looks like Margot Robbie. She was in Neighbours, and uh, she Holly looks, Valance. She does look, Can't forget. Yeah, Holly Valance. There was uh, Delta Goodrum. She was probably low level now, though, Dave. But anyway, they, they's always they've gone through this conveyor belt of these soaps. So when you used to say, you know, do an Aussie accent, you would always say. Shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. <laughs> Everything Michael Caine says. He basically gets work. them all out, doesn't he? He gets them all out. No, I can't work out whether have we got them sayings from this movie or are they, I remember Joe Mango used to say, get another shrimp on the Barbie. And that was always the thing. But Michael Caine's done hardly any research on this point. And what, what made me laugh is he starts off in an Aussie accent and then he just goes pure Cockney. And I always say to you, <laughs> and you've probably had the same thing, is when you go to America, especially when I've been to Vegas, I've had so many people, I've said this loads of times, think I'm Australian. Me and Sam yeah. are talking. Now, we're regional. We're from the north, both of us. We, could, we, have, we sound nothing like Michael Caine, who is from the south. He's a pure Cockney Baraboy. We can tell that accent. And we always say the English accent is always that stupid. Those reminds me of Ross, uh, Ross's dad. Uh, not Ross's dad, but he, Emily, who Ross gets with, you know, we're off, um, 
the English girl and, and her mum and dad are there, Tom oh, Conte yeah, and stuff, yeah, and, yeah. And, and Jennifer Saunders there, and, and he's got that who right, that's disgusting accent. And we do not sound like that, but for some reason, obviously, it's like what was the American accent, you can't regionalize it as easy as you think. A New York accent, I always say, can see the, the other side, the West Coast, I can, I can pick out some of their accents, but it's very difficult. And he goes into, and then he just goes English, and I'm thinking, this must be where the Americans think that we all sound like fucking Aussies or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> load of, I never forget being on the, the gondola ride at the at the Venetian, and this guy was like, so where in Australia are you from? And I went, Manchester, England. He's like, you're not English, yeah. you're English. He's like, so it was good, but like I say, it's not as bad as Sean Connery in Highlander, Portuguese, Scot- a Scottish guy being a Portuguese descent or what he's supposed to be, ridiculous. But it just... It's funny and it works and they go off and it almost sets up a sequel. I know we never got one, but it leaves the door open, doesn't it? That they could have gone yeah. a bit further. Because did you see the one, the one about the magic show that was in Vegas and it was a few years ago? Oh, years ago. yeah. I can't remember what it's called, but I, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Yeah. They made two. It's a bit like, I suppose it's a bit like Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12, and they made two of them where they're all in on it, doing these tricks and everything. It's that guy who played Mark Zuckerberg off the social network. Yeah. He's in Jess. He played Lex Luthor. That's who it is. It's who played Lex Luthor off the yeah. Justice League, Batman Superman. Um, but yeah, so so the, them them sort of movies I enjoy, and I did, I enjoyed it at the end, Dave, and I, thought, I, I came away smiling, which I didn't think I would, because some of the Steve Martin bits, I was like, oh my God, I want to throw the remote <laughs> to the TV. But, I mean, the whole package as a movie it's very very enjoyable even like 33 years 34 years later yeah well i i, I sometimes when i make these picks i'm never quite sure how you're going to take them so I, th- I think on that note i think we should get enough into our final review Me to go first, Dave. Yeah, go ahead. So, as I say, there are some proper toe curling bits, but I think it hits. The story's still good. It still tells a great tale. It's in a lovely setting. You know, we get a lovely white Ferrari as well, Dave. So I can't argue with that. That's brilliant. I think it just works. I think it, the whole thing—if you just watch it as a, a it's on for an hour and fifty, and it doesn't feel like an hour and fifty. It feels like it does race through. We get some good little plot lines. He's not some bad acting at all. Like I say, Steve Martin's good when he's following the script. And that knee bit, as you said, when he's getting smacked <laughs> with that thing on his knee, he's, he's so funny and enjoyable. It really is because you can see he's like, oh, my God. But then he does ramp things too high for me and then goes too far the other way. But if you love Steve Martin, then, you know, by all means, this is probably one of his strongest performances. So I'm going to put it right in the middle, Dave, Hill Valley. I think it's a good movie. I've definitely enjoyed doing it. Probably won't watch it again for a long, long time, but it is just a good little heist con man movie. So yeah, really enjoyed it. How about yourself? Well, I think obviously I've got a lot more nostalgia, you know, backing me on this one. So I did, I haven't watched this in a long time, uh, probably a good, couple of decades at least i would think but it was so great i, I remembered the basic storyline I, I remembered the twist it, it's unfortunate if i'd have forgot the twist that would have been even better but i i just think for me this this movie is almost like a bell curve you know it starts off well but you know it's just laying the groundwork 
and then once you know that you get the twist it kind of tails off a little bit you, you get it tied up um at the end but i think in the middle there are so many great bits i know you don't like the ruprex stuff but i think it's fantastic um and the bit where you get this whole playoff between uh, Steve Martin in the wheelchair and Dr. Schaffhausen. I, I just thought it was so, so good, so funny. And I love the kind of way they're, they're equally matched. You know, one at one point, one gets one over the other and then vice versa. I just absolutely loved it. I don't think it's one of the, you know, best comedies that's ever been made, though. But uh, definitely really enjoyed going back and watching this one. So I'm going to put in the Pleasantville. I think that's, uh, you know, where it sits for me. Really, really strong. And um, hopefully people out there have liked it as well. Oh, that's good, Dave. That's really good. Now, Dave, next week's pick is one of our patrons, isn't it, Dave? And I know this is a very obscure movie. It is available, guys, on YouTube because I've found it. So what are we going to review, Dave? Well, this one is down to Herb. And I had never actually heard of this one. But uh, I'm really intrigued to watch it. It's got Heath Ledger. And um, it, this would have been just before he kind of hit it big, really. So uh, it feels like one that I should have watched but never have. So what a brilliant excuse to watch this one. And it is called Two Hands. I got a new job. And uh, you could say I'm moving on. Yeah, what are you doing? Everyone down there's a fucking hold up! I'm, um. Open your drawer! Open your fucking drawer! Open your, open your drawers! I'm working for a guy, just doing odd jobs here and there. Right. Give me your keys! Go! Go! Was that you on that bank stand job today? Didn't know you could handle yourself so well. I got a lot of work coming up. I could use another set of hands. Well, I just see a chick called Sharon drop a big pile of cash up. Yeah, how much? Ten grand. And then you come straight back here, all right? Yeah, no worries. It's okay, she'll be back. Just gotta kill some time. Who's that fucking Jimmy? Wasn't he supposed to be here by now? You want me to find the prick or what? Did you see someone go through me stuff? Sorry? Someone stole me fucking stuff! Did you see someone go through it? I didn't see anything. <laughs> No, no, I can't say where I am. I haven't got it. There are no two ways about this. If you don't find the 10 grand, he'll kill you. What's happened, Jimmy? One of the new guys. First day on the job and he rips me off 10 grand. Panda, he's after me. I mean, I've heard some bad stories about him. He's all right once you do it. Yeah, we're going to have to find the prick and do him. Why don't you just go away? What's stopping you? Give me a look at it. Unbelievable. This gun's filthy. Anyone got another gun? And that trailer is awesome. But like I say, guys, it is on YouTube. Just putting the movie comes up straight away. So it's not like it's hard to seek out, which is also, Dave usually an issue if it's on youtube and no one's contesting <laughs> why it's on there but there you go so thank you for that brilliant absolutely brilliant uh so as always if you want to support us guys get over to patreon patreon.com forward slash the vhs strikes back big thank you as always past and present patrons we really really appreciate it really good of you guys um and also 
Go to social media at VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. So today's roll call of honor is Timothy, Alec, Paul, Mark, Carl, Matt, Heath, Haley, Dylan, Kent, Lucky Lulu Green, Herb, Jax, Math, Blake, John Hammond, Brent from the Cinema Chat Podcast, and Mr. Tony Farina. So thank you so much, guys, for all your support. It's really, really good. Now, Dave, I'm not going to announce it because it's not fair to do that, but I have got one up my sleeve, and it isn't a martial arts movie. It's something we were talking about off podcast. I think that will be my pick in a few weeks, so I cannot wait for that one. Well, if only I could actually remember what that was. <laughs> That's even better than Dave. <laughs> Damn it. Right, so Chris, you know, I can never... Uh, relinquish an opportunity to roll out a terrible Aussie accent, but I have to finish it off in this way with Michael Caine's great lines and he says, G'day Nikos, how's it going sport? Chips O'Toole <laughs> Hotels and all from down under Come up, we'll put some shrimps on the barbie for you <laughs> Speak to you next time I didn't know you were from London, Dave. But anyway, I'll see you next time. <laughs> That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? What are we going to do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on. Good day, Mary Poppins. <laughs> it's going close to I'm that. Sorry, one, live it? and breathe, Mary Poppins. <laughs> I'm a chimney sweep from London, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Copper. Oh. <laughs>